Welcome to another episode from Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. As you know, I broadcast a live Elvis show on YouTube every Sunday. Each week we discuss a different Elvis-related topic. This week I asked the question, did the poor performance of the movie King Creole at the box office decide the path Elvis's movie career took? Elvis fans called the show to give their opinions on this topic. I also ran a poll asking, how do you usually listen to Elvis's music? The options were on vinyl, tape, compact disc, or streaming. You will hear the results of that poll at the end of this podcast. So, sit back, relax, and listen to the opinions of the callers to the show. The topic, yes, is, did King Creole decide the path Elvis's movie career took? Bear with me on this, okay? The Paramount movie premiered at Lowe's State Theatre in New York. So that was on July the 2nd, 1958. Two years to the day after he recorded Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel in New York. It received a mild reception from critics, but Elvis's dramatic work surprised many of them. In his, Chicago, in his Chicago Daily News film review, Sam Lesser expressed disappointment in the melodrama but praised Elvis. Elvis, Lesser wrote, has a good deal more acting talent than the producers of this film care to utilise. The fast buck producers apparently haven't any interest in developing the real Elvis who is in astonishingly representative of his time. And then there's another article that says King Creole disappointed at the box office. In its first week, King Creole ranked number five in box office receipts on the Variety's national rankings. It soon became apparent, though, that teenagers were not flocking to the film in the numbers they had to Elvis's previous three films. An August 3rd Variety article noted that the Chicago Theatre pulled King Creole after an initial week of immediately disappointing business to replace it the balabam and cats theater syndicate rushed naked and the dead into its chicago flagship cinema several weeks ahead of schedule by the time its run ended king creole had recorded 2.64 million in ticket sales it made paramount a modest profit but that was a disappointment compared to love me tender loving you and Jailhouse Rock. Both Hal Wallace and Tom Parker learned the same lesson from Elvis's final pre-army movie. His fans didn't care about his acting. Of course, don't forget, this is in 1958. It was understood that there were to be more serious pictures in keeping with Elvis's continuing aspirations to become a good actor. Flaming Star and Wild in the Country were made under the Fox Agreement. Parker knew from King Creole prior sh poor showing in the box office that it was un unlikely films with Elvis in serious roles would play well with his base audience. But it is to the Colonel's credit that he gave his client the opportunity to make his acting dreams come true by negotiating the two dramatic films at 20th Century Fox. Let's have a look at the grosses. And the grosses were... For instance, Speedway, 1968, 2 million. Girls, 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 2.6. King Creole, 2.6. Kissing Cousins, 3 million. Girl Happy, 3.2. 5. 
Roast about 3.3. Jailhouse Rock, 4 million. That was the one prior to this one. As you can see, Blue Hawaii, 4.2. GI Blues, 4.3. That was when he came immediately out of the army. Love Me Tender, 4.5. Okay. Twice as much as King Creole. And Viva Las Vegas, as we know, his biggest grossing picture, as I told you a couple of weeks ago, I believe, uh, on the quiz, 9.4 million. Hi, Mark. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hey, doing really, really well. Yeah, good, good, good. I'm interested to find out uh, how you listen to your Elvis music. I know you sing it, but how do you listen to it? <laughs> uh, vinyl. Oh, right. Me. Right. You've got a lot of vinyl, um, have you? Yeah, I've got every single Elvis album on vinyl. Wow. Yeah, I've got a massive collection, yeah. So vinyl from me, I've been collecting it for years on end. And I've recently just got an old uh, a vintage player and a Valve uh, amp. And I've got a cassette deck and a CD player. Uh, CD's in my car, but if I'm at home, I love to put the vinyl on. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very, very hard to beat the sound of vinyl, isn't it? It is, yeah. Especially on, especially on, on a good system. Yeah, if you've got a good system, yeah, and a good needle. <laughs> and it plays well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So, what do you think about King Creole? Right. Uh, I'm quite surprised about the report. So, it's the first time I kind of hear, heard that. So, that's kind of new, new stuff that you brought to me. Uh, uh, personally, I don't really agree, but I personally think GR Blues was the, the benchmark of the way it went. Because I, I'm, obviously, King Creole, because before you had like Love Me Tender, which wasn't. Uh, an album release. It was only like an EP. You had Loving You, which was an album release, and then you had JLS Rock, which was an EP release, and then you had King King Creo, which was a, a fantastic to me, the first big movie sound, sound, soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you, know, you, you can't fault any, any songs on the album. I think they're all great. Uh, and I think then I always went into the army, and of course, and the first thing he does, doesn't he, Conde the Colonel? The first film out of the army is an army film. Yeah. And the fans, the, the fans haven't really seen it, Elvis. He's come back, and he's come back in a, you know, I love Jenner Jim, Jim, Jim Blues. It's, you know, it's a great, great film, but the formula was there, I think, there, and everybody seemed to like that then. They kind of forgot what he did pre army. Yeah. Yeah, and I find that sad because then four films were great. Even go back from the first film to King Creole, I think Elvis acted better in every film. You know, up from up to King Creole, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is surprising uh, that how, how how you know little it did at the box office uh, initially, and and they and they actually had to they actually had to pull it because it wasn't that successful. Of course, as I said to an earlier caller, we didn't have the hindsight we have now, where you know we're holding it up against Hiram Scarum and Spin Out and all those other movies. But at the time, they they were only they were only comparing it to the other three. Yeah, and really, you, you, the Colonel said he'd hold his little promise to Elvis. So he should have promised, holding his promise to Elvis, and gave him them two dramatic ones straight after the army off him. Yeah, because he may have changed his career. He gave him Joy Blues and Blue Away. You see, the, the the temptation was there to show him coming out of the army because um, yeah. Blue Hawaii shows him coming out of the army, doesn't it? Obviously, yeah, GI yeah, Blues yeah. is is the army. Also, uh, Kid Galahad as well. He was just come out of the movie, hadn't he? Yeah, out of the, out out of the out, army. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was kind of it was, it was on that same kind of pattern, wasn't it? The formula. Yeah. And of course, it the films were packed with songs. Yeah, a soundtrack album which done well. But uh, do you know how well King Creole did did as a soundtrack album? Uh, no, uh, do you know that I don't. I don't have that information. No, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I'm surprised because what, what a cracking album, you know, yeah. cracking cover, cracking album. And I just, I just, I would have thought it done a lot better than Lo- Loving You did. Yeah, I mean, you know? my, my guess is is it did very, very well as an as a as a soundtrack album, but I don't have the specifics with me at the moment. Yeah, and of course, you know, then he, he did make them two great films like Flaming Star and Wild in the Country, which again showed off his acting ability fantastically. But of course, because because you had them two films pre b- before that, which were mu- musical films, oh yeah, and he's singing in them all the time. That's the way I, I think the the teeny boppy girls, the the, the diehard fans at the time we're craving yeah you know and i don't think they realize what elvis one of one is i think yeah. it, it confused moviegoers as well you know they just seem yeah, in, in gi yeah. blues and then we, we see him in framing star and they think this is a big big change where where is this going you know yeah and it, you know it, it paid off for the colonel didn't it i suppose you saw that it paid off it, it paid off right up to i'll say viva las vegas which was his his grossest most gro- 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 grossing film but then yeah. after that it started to wave, you know, it waved, didn't it? And it, it, the bubble had burst then, I think, you know. And a shame, and we got right at the end of his career, his movie career, which, again, great films, you know, with Charo and Change of Abbey. Yeah, they, st- it, it, they, they did start to make a comeback again, didn't they, I think? Yeah, quality-wise. Yeah, I, I think, personally, he just got, he just got bored of them yeah. for a, prior, probably 66 and... Up to 66 or 68, yeah, and then he had to get a, a little change. They offered him these films, and... I think Bob then he, he knew it was towards, towards the end. But it's a shame, yeah, it's a shame. But, uh, yeah, I, I personally think Jar Blues for me was the one, but not... Yeah, and, and do you know, I always yeah. thought it was sort of like Blue Hawaii that maybe set the set the trend. But uh, I think now maybe after all this, it, it's King Creole. Who knows? Who knows? I, cheers. Bye-bye. 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 Hi, Brent. How are you doing? Steve, how you doing? Hey, straight in there this week. Look at that. I'm telling you, man, lightning quit now. No more delays. Uh, uh, first of all, great episode. Uh, I love it how you never know which episode is coming your way when you're doing what you do. So there's always like a new thought process we have to jump on. And I love it. I love it because it, it gets our gears grinding. And I'm thinking that, uh, well, for the music question that you've been asking everybody, I'm an MP3 person. Uh, a lot of it is because when I do my show and I have to arrange i have my um itunes like seven thousand elvis tracks and i could just kind of drag them into playlists to create my episodes so it just kind of works that way but you know what i heard about vinyl that a lot of the vinyl that they're issuing today actually comes from a digital source though oh right so you yeah so basically what this engineer told me that you're hearing it on a disc but you're still hearing like the cd version just on a disc Ah. on a record so i i can't 100% 100% substantiate that claim, but it really did kind of get me thinking a little bit uh, because I would love to build a vinyl collection of Elvis. Uh, his voice just deserves the best audio treatment possible. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so uh, what do you think then about what I was saying about King Creole uh, putting the path uh, of the movie career? Well, first of all, very poignant um, take that you had, and as well as what uh, Mark uh, said as well, even Dylan. Uh, First of all, I think what happens is when you have kind of an innocent time period, there's an old saying, um, happy songs sell records, sad songs sell beer. <laughs> and during it, when a time is innocent and um, the people have kind of proven this before, when you have the late 50s, which at least in America, the economy was robust and everything, people were seeking more innocent kind of fare. So here you have this really kind of dark, almost noirish 
kind of film come out and they weren't willing to digest it. But the ironic aspect of it is, is that when America started steeping into cynicism, Elvis's movie started getting more innocent. Yeah. Like it was just this total paradox here. And it felt like Elvis couldn't get on the right train. But I do think uh, this is what I think. I think that um, I'm wondering if when Elvis got in the army, there was all that fear that no matter how much maneuvering the colonel was doing, that was Elvis going to be successful when he comes back. And I'm wondering if they thought, let's never take a gamble again. Yeah. You know, you'll get those two movies. Um, you'll be able to do that. But after that, we have to kind of give caution to the wind and say they might not accept you after a departure again. Not that he was going into the army again, but if you were to do an artistic departure, that would turn people off. And so maybe it just made them that much more hesitant to kind of engage in artistic risk. I wonder why they did Flaming Star and Wild in the Country after the sort of, uh, you know, I'm not going to call it a flop, but after the poor performance of of, uh, of King Creole. Yeah, and I think it, it's like weird because King Creole, um, a lot of people think it's like, I remember that they said that about Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Oh, it was a flop. It was a departure. And I'm like, no, it was a relative disappointment, mm. relative compared to their normal performing. So uh as a standalone film king creole did great but as an elvis film only in comparison it didn't do as well to his previous films correct but as a film itself it did respectable just not up to snuff what they were expecting and that is the perplexing question because you can understand king creole they would just go right to the beach after that you know gi blues and all that other kind of escapist kind of travelogue fare um, why they allowed those, especially two pictures mm. in a row like that. That is the perplexing question. I've never really heard like quite a straight answer on that through all my research. But um, I'm thinking maybe they were sensing the 60s was going to kind of go in a more serious direction and they thought they would take their stab at it, but they just weren't ready for it. Where I actually really feel that those two films would have really done better if they came out in like 65 and 66. Yeah, and I'm wondering, when did 20th Century Fox and Parker, you know, make this promise to Elvis that he, he would do Flaming Star and, and Wild in the Country? You know, maybe maybe they did it early on, you know? Yeah, and this could have been a promise kind of made. And yes, they did great with G.I. Blues, but that was because the Elvis is back kind of fervor was there. I don't think they had that established formulaic approach yet. They were still seeking for the magic formula. So even though G.I. Blues gave a glimpse of it, it didn't kind of cast the die in that way. Uh, Blue Hawaii definitely cast the die, didn't it? Oh, yeah. No (laughs) doubt about it, Steve. There There was no going back after Blue Hawaii. No, no, it would it would just make fiscal uh, irresponsibility to do something opposite of that. Okay, Brent, as always, a great call. Thanks very much, and I'll speak to you again. Thanks a lot, Steve. Cheers. Bye-bye. How are you doing, Cam? I'm well in you, Steve. Yes, yes, always good to speak to you. Will I ask you first about the poll? Yes. Uh, how, do you, how do you usually listen to your Elvis music? I prefer the analog sound, but I don't have a very large Elvis collection on on vinyl. Um, most of it is loaded onto my computer, so it's in digital format. But my opinion is analog is always better, but I think digital is a lot easier nowadays. 
It was interesting what Brent said, uh, and I'd, I'd actually, now he, he said it, I do recall hearing it before, that some of the modern albums now and the modern pressings that you're hearing is just, it's, it's digital on vinyl. It's not actual the vinyl pressing anymore. Yes, it would be it would be good if they if they went back to the original analog recording and repressed those onto vinyl. Yeah, I, th- I think we would get more of a more of a diverse sound spectrum than what you do with digital. But as I say, my personal preference would obviously be analog all the way. But unfortunately, I think with the price of vinyl now as well, it's it's not as accessible as it was when it originally came out. It takes up so so much room as well, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, when vinyl did phase out, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, got rid of their, their vinyl setups. It tends to be a little bit more costly now to go back to the vinyl because, obviously, it, it doesn't pay to to spend the money on a vinyl if you haven't got a decent turntable and decent needle to play it on. Exactly, exactly. Right, so King Creole, what do you think of my the points I made? I think I tend to agree with a lot of what Brent said. Um, my personal opinion is yes. Um, King Creole, for me, was a better movie. It kind of gave us a glimpse into his capabilities as a more serious actor. But and I think you guys touched on the fact that, unfortunately, it is all about the box office. Yes, exactly. If it didn't make the money, then they're not going to follow it up. Yes, and I think that that in itself is a bit of a shame because, um, as you guys already correctly stated, that Elvis got into, got into a rut. And I think it must have been excruciatingly, nauseatingly frustrating mm-hmm. for him to do the same kind of movies over and over and over again. And I mean, we have heard that he often expressed his dislike because a lot of the movies that he did, he said himself, it's basically the same storyline. It's just a different character. Different character. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he did say that they were making him physically ill at the end as well. Yes. You know, I often go back to think, what would it have been? What would we have gotten if he was allowed to to take um, a star is born when he was offered it. Mm. Um, because I think at that point in his career, he'd gone through all the ridiculous movies and he was kind of aching for a serious role. And I think it would have been very interesting to, to have seen him in that kind of role to actually see what, what his acting capability really would have been having gained all the experience um, through doing all the all the ridiculous movies, if you can if you can put it that way. Okay, Cam, thanks Brilliant. very much. Brilliant. All righty. Pleasure. Always, always great talking to yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for your call. Pleasure. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, Dylan. So, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, have you Have you had ch- Have you had chance to uh, watch Change of Habit in Blu-ray yet? I have. And is it really good? It's basically good. Great, great. Well, enjoy it, my the friend. Neighbors, the neighbours listen to Rubbernecking whether they liked it or not. <laughs> he looks really good during that sequence, doesn't he, Rubbernecking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, what do you want to say? Well, first of all, about the poll. Oh, yeah. I have all of my Elvis music on vinyl. Oh, good man, do you? Yeah. It's the only way 
to listen to always. Yeah, well, you see, the thing is, is uh, you know, the, the digital formats like CD and so forth and streaming is nowhere, I mean, it's nowhere near as warm a sound as vinyl. Vinyl is a lovely warm sound. It, yeah, I mean, like, especially when his, like, rich tones yeah. come in. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing better than that. So, really. so you, you, you've got a big Elvis vinyl collection, yes? Yeah, I have. I've got Moody Blue. I've got The King of the Ring, the 68. Oh, one. yeah, yeah. I've got, what else have I got? God, that's the way it is. I've got loads. Good, good. Okay, and what about the, the topic? Now, see, as Brent would tell you, it does not take much to get me confused, but I was kind of confused. Okay. Because good. I'm like, because I'm like, why would King Creole set the path, right? But now, when you read like the reviews, it makes sense. Because here's why: they probably saw the reviews and said, "All right, the the public don't like it when I was doesn't sing much. Let's get him singing more." Uh-huh. And therefore, the movies they got him more singing, got him more money. Yeah, but I mean, he 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 sang the the quota in King Creole. Well, yeah, true. But I guess also because of like the dramaticness yeah, yeah. of the film, they don't want to see him being dramatic. They just want to see him sing. I mean, I, like, I, I mean, I, I hate I hate to call it a flop because it didn't really flop. I mean, two point well, six four yeah. million is 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 very very good in nineteen fifty eight, but it didn't it didn't do anywhere near as good as his first three movies. No, and and that's surprising because King Creole is a fantastic movie. Yeah, like, it I is. Was. Yeah, and the songs are great too. Of course, don't forget in nineteen fifty eight they only had to hold that up against the the first three movies. We are now comparing it with the likes of Harem, Scareum, and Spin Out, and all those sort of things yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. hindsight, hindsight, was... hindsight is a great thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, hindsight is a great thing, especially when it's like sixty years on, like fifty six years on. Mm-hmm. Like we now know the movies that they were up against. Yeah. But at yeah. the time, Elvis didn't have a clue yeah. that he was going to do Speedway and Plan Bake and Scare him. Exactly. So, oh, so you see, so so we had we had um, we had uh, King Creole doing only two point yeah. six four million at the time. Then he had Flaming Star and uh, quickly uh, Wild in the Country. Kind of sealed his fate, I think, didn't it? I think it. I think it did. To be fair. But did King Creole start it all off? Probably, by the sounds of it. Now that you've read that, I think it did. Mm -hmm. And see, before I go, did you see that knot footage? Yes, I did. The knot uh, jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah, because we've had so little footage of it up till now, haven't we? Yeah, well, but I was talking to a friend of mine, and he's convinced that every single Vegas engagement's got at least one real footage. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think we're going to get more. Oh yeah, as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, there was there was fans at, at nearly every show taking eight millimeter footage. It's just it hasn't all come out yet. No, and I think you know, like when like sadly we're now getting to the time where those people aren't longer with us mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are they going to get it out there before that thing happens? Yeah, and 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 if they don't, will their relatives even know what they've got? Yeah. You know, oh, that's yeah, just that's just an old reel of film. Don't worry about that. I mean, uh, in, in, you know, in drawers and attics and things like that, everywhere across the world, there must be eight millimeter footage we haven't seen of Elvis yet. 
uh, I know it's like you know like, it's just a thing that like that one guy in like Holland or somewhere yeah. is like sitting on a literal gold mine with the opening night footage. Yes, like he's got the whole thing. Yeah, but he's just sitting on it. Yeah, like, <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll have to be patient. Yeah. Well, All right. patience isn't my thing, but no. I'll try. I mean, no. When it comes to Elvis, no. All right, Dylan. <laughs> thanks very All much. Right. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Right, we are going to do the poll. I cannot wait any longer. <laughs> Here we go. So streaming 40, 46, CD 45%, vinyl 7%, and no tape whatsoever. So it was very, very, very close between streaming internet and CD. I stream a lot of my uh, Elvis music now because uh, I've got uh, smart speakers in the home and I've got uh, my car streams the internet as well. So I stream, but there is CDs as well. I have a lot of vinyl, but I haven't played in it a long time, unfortunately. But uh, I must get it out again and get the, get the, the uh, turntable going as well. Thanks once again for joining me on Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. I'd like to extend an invite to you to join me on Sunday's live shows on the YouTube channel and to become a member of the Discord server. We have a lot of fun on there. I'd love to hear from you during the call-in section during the shows when we discuss all things Elvis. That's all for this week. I hope you can join me next time for another podcast from Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel.